Welcome to My Secret Obsession. I'm Cherish Lively, and we're listening to Blood Kiss by Karen Shevin. This psychological suspense novel blends romance with creepy thrills to keep you glued to your seat. One reviewer says, This story is full of twists and turns, mystery, drama, suspense, and romance. 23. Alicia's afternoon went smoothly. Lunch led into recess, which gave her time to talk with the other teachers while the kids played. She anxiously awaited Mike's texts, happy each time her phone vibrated in her pocket. She quickly replied, knowing that if she didn't, that he'd freak out on her. She wasn't sure what he'd do when he freaked, but she knew it couldn't possibly be pleasant. He was intimidating enough in his everything-is-fine-and-dandy mode. As the students packed up to go home, she sent him a text, even though she doubted that he would reply. She knew he had to drop the client off at the airport before he came back to get her. When she'd asked him about the man, Mike explained that he was unable to talk about him. The client hired them to protect his privacy while he attended to business here. So, Savage Securities had signed a non-disclosure agreement. Mike assured her that this was pretty standard for them. They even had doctors, nurses, flight crews, and other various specialties that they frequently worked with that had signed non-disclosure agreements with them. The world of non-disclosure agreements was so far removed from Alicia's reality. Gossip spread like lice at a slumber party around the school. She frequently heard things about people's lives that she wished she didn't know. She wondered how much of it was true, or even if parts of the rumors were true. She tried to remain immune to the effects of gossip, but that was easier said than done. The nasty gossip bugs burrowed their way into her life and carried bits and pieces of information on to others. A non-disclosure agreement would never work at a school. The gossip bug would hungrily devour the paper it was printed on. She chuckled as she set her phone on her desk and looked at the bushy-haired girl, shoving everything in her backpack. Alicia hoped the girl's parents had truly gotten rid of the lice. Those buggers were hard to get rid of, and that little girl had a lot of hair. Alicia didn't understand why the mom didn't put that magnificent mane in a braid to help prevent the lice from spreading. The day after the letter went home about lice in the classroom, all the other girls in the class came to school with braids. Even girls from other classes showed up sporting braids of all kinds. Alicia chuckled. The one girl who needs the braid is the one girl who doesn't have one. Oh well, she shrugged to herself. Good luck to the others. She dismissed the carpool students and checked her phone again. No reply from Mike. She figured he was on the road. She'd asked him not to text and drive, so she wasn't surprised when he didn't reply. She set the phone down on her desk and graded a few papers while the bus students slowly trickled out. When the phone chirped, she set down her red pen and snatched up her cell. Running late. Accident on interstate. Dropping him off now. Will Tex went on the way. Her heart sank. She was thankful for the update and glad that he was fine, but she was a little disappointed. She was ready to see him in minutes, not wait another half hour or more. She had no idea how long it would take at the airport. Did he just drop the client off, or did he have to wait until the client's plane departed? Thanks for update. See you soon. Heart emoji. She wasn't sure about the heart emoji, but she left it there and hit send. She did care about him, and he would just have to deal with it. 
Besides, she was an emoji person. That's just who she was. Her day had been great so far, and the heart reflected her feelings. She hadn't received any strange notes or gifts, and Mike would soon be with her. Those were two excellent reasons to use the emoji. The final bus was called, and the last students rushed out the classroom door, slinging their backpacks over their shoulders. Alicia followed them, picking up scraps of paper and pencils that lay scattered on the floor. She tossed the trash into the trash can and peeked into the hallway. Students power-walked past each other. Their backpacks collided into other rushing students as they fought to be in the lead. No running in the hallway, Alicia called out. Some students pretended to slow down, while others barreled through the mass of kids flooding the hallway. Alicia shook her head and closed the door, glad the day was done. She grabbed her phone from her pocket and opened her favorite music app. Music flowed, and a smile eased across her face. She straightened the tables and chairs as she made her way back to her desk. She settled herself on the cushioned seat and grabbed her math book. Opening her lesson plan book, she finished planning the math lessons for later in the week. A knock sounded at the door. Alicia looked up in time to see the door slowly open. Hey there, Kara called out as she peeked her head into the doorway. Hey, Alicia sang out. She closed her math book and smiled up at one of her best friends. Kara was a talker, and Alicia knew what she was there to talk about. Kara strode through the room, her long legs cutting gracefully through the air. She always reminded Alicia of an elf, not the Keebler kind, but the Tolkien kind. She was so tall and lithe that she almost didn't seem human. She was pretty, but in an exotic way. Her narrow face, high cheekbones, and fair skin either made her look sickly or sexy. Alicia could never quite decide. It depended on what Kara was wearing and the mood she was sporting. I know you gave us the edited version of your relationship with Mike at recess, Kara teased, a huge smile brightening her face. I'm here for the unedited version. Kara leaned against the top of one of the desks and let her long legs sprawl out in front of her. The dirtier the details, the better. Her wide smile easily stretched across her thin face. Alicia set her pin down on her desk and leaned back in her chair. Don't look at me like that. You know everything you need to know. She fiddled with her cell phone, willing a reply from Mike. Kara snorted. Hardly. You did not meet that man shopping. She raised an eyebrow and waited for Alicia's reply. The seconds ticked by as Kara kept her gaze locked on Alicia. Alicia hoped her silence would elicit a different question from Kara, but it didn't. She just continued to stare, her light blue eyes refusing to blink. Alicia finally had to answer just to save herself from Kara's intensity. I did meet him shopping. Where was Kara's quick response? And if you tell me the grocery store, I'm going to assume it was Victoria's Secret. She giggled and added, that would make a better story. At this, she gave a smile and secretly hoped it was Victoria's Secret. Alicia needed a little man and some hot lingerie in her life. Alicia pushed back her chair and stood. She scowled at Kara as she walked briskly to her classroom door. She peeked into the hallway, making sure no one was around and shut the door. Wow, Kara drawled out. This must be good if you're closing the door. She stared as Alicia made her way back to her desk. 
She tucked her straight, dark brown hair behind her ear and waited for Alicia's response. Alicia plopped down in her chair and closed her planning book, setting it on top of the math book. She looked at the mess that was her desk. Piles of papers needed to be graded and filed, writing samples needed to be edited, and artwork needed to be hung on the walls. Look at all of this. She waved her hand over her desk. Yes, I know, Kara replied. My desk is just as bad. Stop procrastinating. Don't try to change the subject. There's a story here, and I want to hear it. Alicia stared at the phone that refused to chime with the arrival of a text. She was nervous to say too much to Kara since her relationship with Mike was so new. But in all honesty, she wanted to talk to Kara about Mike and then go home with him to do all kinds of fun things that did not involve schoolwork. So, Kara said, tilting her head and casually flicking her wrist, give it up. I did meet him shopping. Really, Kara replied, her voice full of doubt and curiosity. Don't tell me. A bookstore, Kara said flatly. It wouldn't surprise her if Alicia did pick a man up at the bookstore. Alicia let out a breath and tilted her head at Kara. No, not a bookstore, Alicia replied. And there's nothing wrong with meeting a man at the bookstore. Lots of nice guys like to read, especially the smart ones. He stated as if this was a new concept for Kara, who only entered bookstores under duress. So I've been told, Kara replied. But Mike doesn't look like he cuddles up with a good book every night. He looks more like he spends his time at the gym or some other macho hangout. She paused and looked up thoughtfully towards the ceiling, then shot her gaze back to Alicia. I can see him shooting darts and downing some serious alcohol in his free time. What do you think? She cocked her head and narrowed her eyes. She wasn't leaving until she got the true story. I think that in some bizarre Kara world, that was a compliment, Alicia laughed. We met at a store, not just at a grocery store or anything that mundane. He drummed her fingers on her desk. I met him at a gun store. Kara's eyebrows rose and her mouth dropped open. She hadn't expected that. If gun stores are hiding men like that, I may sign up to be the next Annie Oakley. Hmm, she paused. I thought only rednecks hung out at those places. She chuckled. He's way too hot to be a redneck. Kara, Alicia sighed. That's very narrow-minded of you. I'm tall and skinny, she shrugged. I can't help but have a narrow mind. Kara teased back. Don't be a hater. Alicia rolled her eyes and let out a big breath in exasperation. I don't know why I even try with you. You try because you love me. Alicia raised an eyebrow. No matter how hard you make it. Kara shrugged. And I love you too. But seriously, why were you at a gun store? Kara asked. You know why. Alicia picked up the phone and looked at the display. She wanted to hear from Mike again. She wanted to know that he was on his way. Your stalker? Kara asked. Had Alicia actually turned to guns because of this Neanderthal? I guess that makes sense, Kara said. Yeah, Alicia nodded. It got worse this weekend. How so? Kara lost her lighthearted smile as her eyes filled with concern. He's jealous of Mike. Kara's jaw gaped open. Seriously? 
How does he even know about the guy? You literally just met him. The freak is following me. It feels like all the time. Alicia drummed her nails on the screen of the phone. He broke into my house. Kara's stomach twisted. Alicia, I don't even know what to say. Did you call the cops? Her eyes bugged as she stared at Alicia. Do you need somewhere to stay? You know you can hang with me. She held her hand over her heart. No, Alicia shook her head. She knew Kara wouldn't be able to solve this problem. And after hearing about Mike's sister and Julia, she didn't want to drag Kara into the mess. Besides, she figured Mike was her best bet. Yes, I called the cops, but they can't really do anything. Kara snorted. Don't worry, I'm staying with Mike. Kara's eyebrows threatened to rise into her hairline as her eyes bulged and her mouth dropped open. You've already moved in with him, she said, leaning forward dramatically. Alicia rolled her eyes. Honestly, I wouldn't be staying with him if it wasn't for this stalker. But even taking that jerk out of the picture? We're moving pretty fast. Alicia couldn't help but smile. Whenever she thought about Mike, tingles of excitement flit through her. He's that good, huh? You're relaxing your rules for him? Kara gave a low chuckle and shook her head from side to side. You do look as happy as my snake after he scarfed down my brother's hamster. I swear his beady black eyes twinkled as that tiny bulge made its way through the length of his body, Kara teased. Oh, that's gross. Alicia scrunched up her face and laughed. She glanced at the phone again, wishing he'd text. Yeah, he's pretty awesome. And yeah, my rules have been thrown out the window. Actually, this is the fastest I've ever moved with a man. But I'm really comfortable with him. Everything just seems right. Well, I'm glad that you have Mike helping you. She couldn't imagine the anxiety plaguing Alicia. What was it like to have fear constantly course through your body? Well, let me know if you need anything. And I mean anything, Kara said. You can call me day or night. I know, Alicia nodded, and the corner of her mouth turned up. Kara stood from leaning on the student's desk and walked towards Alicia. Give me a hug, she said, holding her arms out. Alicia stepped into her arms, thankful that they'd been friends since their freshman year of college. Kara had helped her through the death of her parents, and Kara had been her rock during the stalker ordeal. She trusted her with the details, but now her trust shifted towards Mike. She knew it was just a matter of time until it would all be over, and she was counting on Mike to pull her through. Kara broke the hug and said, I'm here for you. Alicia smiled. I know. Thanks. But I've got to ask, does he have any guy friends? Kara raised a brow. The man's big. He might know of other big men. You know, for a tall girl who struggles to find guys who are at least her height. That one who was walking the halls with him today looked pretty good. Alicia laughed. That was Jack. Today was the first time I met him. Alicia looked at her cell phone again. It mocked her with its silence. I don't know his status, but I can look into things for you. But to be honest, this nut job has been my focus. Oh, of course, Kara said. Once Psycho is handed over to the police, then we can start on Operation Find Kara a Man. Alicia laughed. She loved Kara. It will be my top priority. Thank you, Kara said, 
She walked to the classroom door and turned. Call me, she urged. I will. Get back to work, Alicia ordered with a smile. Kara gave her a smile and left, closing the door behind her. Alicia looked at her cell again. Nothing. He was still at the airport. Man, how long did it take to drop a guy off at the airport? Were they hand-delivering him to his seat and strapping him in? Alicia looked over tomorrow's plans and realized that she needed to get some books from the library. Since Mike hadn't left the airport, she knew she could run down to get the books and return to her class before he got there, but she texted him anyway. Going to library to get books. Be back in room by 425. She left off the emoji heart this time. She didn't want to go overboard with the hearts this early in the relationship. He didn't look like the kind of man who's scared easily, but even the bravest of men are frightened by needy, desperate women. She hit send and slipped the phone into her pocket. She hoped she'd hear a quick reply, but knew that if he was with the man that he wouldn't be able to reply. As Alicia walked past the front office, Mrs. Hughes called out to her, Hey, Alicia. She set the phone back on the cradle. I was just going to call you. Mr. Parker would like you to stop by his room. He needs to talk to you about some of the academically gifted students. I guess a few of your students from last year are now in the nomination process for AG, and he needs your input. Alicia sighed. Every year it was the same thing. Third grade students went through the nomination process for academically and intellectually gifted education. The parents whose children were borderline went to the second grade teacher for support to back their child's academic ability. Who was it this year? Okay, she nodded. I'm heading that way now. Thanks. She gave a little wave and called over her shoulder. Have a good night. Talking with Mr. Parker shouldn't take too long. She had her phone with her. She could always let Mike know where she was when he texted. Alicia pulled open the heavy door that led into the library. It was already dark, and as she entered, the automatic overhead lights flickered on. Miss Nice, the librarian, left promptly at four o'clock each day. There was a school joke about setting your watch to Miss Nice world time instead of Greenwich mean time. Did Miss Nice know about the joke? Would she even get the nice versus mean part? But really, with a name like that, and a personality as anal as hers, how could they not tease her? Alicia walked through the library towards the AG classroom that lay on the periphery of the library. The light was on, so she knocked on the door. Hi, she said, peeking into Mr. Parker's classroom. She took a few steps into the room and sighed. Figures, he wouldn't be here. She didn't want to waste her time looking for him. If he'd asked Miss Hughes to call her down here, then he should be here waiting for her, not wandering the halls of the school. Frustrated, she decided to leave him a note. She walked to his desk, grabbed a pen, and found a stack of sticky notes. With the pen in her hand, she started scribbling a note. Suddenly, a sharp pain pierced her neck, and an arm encircled her waist, gripping her tightly. She opened her mouth to scream but a hand covered it before any noise came out. Her eyes slid closed. 24. Mike checked his watch as they escorted their client to the airport's private terminal. He looked over his shoulder at Jack, who walked behind their client. Jack shrugged and gave him a sympathetic look. The traffic on the interstate was backed up due to a bad accident involving a semi. 
After crawling through traffic to get to an exit, they were finally able to take back roads to get to the airport. Their client wasn't at all worried about catching the plane. That was the nice thing about chartering a flight. The pilot always waited for you. Unfortunately, that didn't help Mike. The school day was over and the kids were getting on the buses. Soon the school would be empty. Mike walked faster, hoping his speed would encourage their guests to pick up his pace, but it did no such thing. It only increased the distance between him and the lump of worthlessness he was being paid to protect. Mike wanted to pick the man up, throw him over his shoulder and double-time it. He'd carried heavier men before. He could do it again. But he'd hear about it if he did. Cole would be pissed and he'd end up unemployed. How much farther? the man asked without looking up from his phone. We're almost there. That's your plane, Mike pointed across the tarmac to the Cessna sitting outside a hangar. The man looked up, pushed his glasses up his nose and said, Ah, yes, I see it. That's not the one I flew in on today. His eyes went back to his phone as he slowly trudged along. Mike didn't care what the man flew in or out on. Oh, really? He replied, sounding interested. Hmm, I guess sometimes they mix it up a little. He smiled politely at the man whose face was focused on his phone. Jack rolled his eyes behind the man. He knew Mike was pissed, but there wasn't much they could do about it. Social norms demanded that they treat this man with respect, regardless of his lack of concern for others. They approached the lady waiting at the foot of the stairs. Hi, Rachel, Mike said, extending his hand. She leaned forward and shook Mike's hand. Hi, Mike. Jack, she greeted them both with a warm smile. And you must be Mr. Hampton. Rachel stepped forward and extended her hand to the client. Mr. Hampton slipped his phone into his pocket and moistened his lips with a quick lick of his tongue. He liked the look of Rachel. Her blonde hair was styled perfectly for her pretty face, and her makeup was applied just right. It highlighted her nice features without looking too slutty. He liked that. If the barn needed painting, paint it, but there was no need to get all vampy and trash up the view. Nice to meet you, Mr. Hampton said, taking her hand in his. He couldn't help but lick his lips again. It was a nervous tick that presented itself whenever he was around beautiful women. Rachel managed to restrain the shiver that threatened to sweep over her body at the man's clammy touch. She knew by the way he took her hand and kept licking his lips that this was going to be a long flight. Although his fingers slipped around her hand, his grip was weak. He didn't even shake hands like a real man. She knew she'd catch him looking at her ass at least five times on this short flight. Hopefully he'd keep his hands to himself. She much preferred flying with the workaholics. They kept their faces buried in their computers and other various technologies that they barely noticed that she was even there. Those were great flights. This stork was probably going to try to talk to her. Let her know how awesome he was, as a miserable attempt to impress her. Come with me, Mr. Hampton. We'll get you seated and back home to your family. She stepped out of the way, angling her hand up the stairs so he would see that she wanted him to go first. She saw no reason to give him a great view of her ass as they climbed the stairs, but he didn't fall for it. Oh, no, he replied. At his smile, Rachel felt as if tiny, creepy bugs crawled all over her. After you. He licked his lips again and extended his hand toward the stairs. Ladies first. Asshole.
Rachel couldn't help but think. Thank you, she replied with a demure smile. Most likely this guy's tip would suck as much as his manners. Jack wanted to body slam the prick against the tarmac and teach him some manners, but he controlled himself. Losing his cool wouldn't do any of them any good. Besides, Rachel had a black belt in karate and was currently studying Kramaga. If the slimy douchebag stepped out of line, she could quickly put his pudgy little body back in place. In fact, he'd pay money to see that. Mike barely breathed as they ascended the stairs. He anxiously waited for the jet's door to close. Then he dashed to the limo. I hope you enjoyed chapters 22 and 23 of Blood Kiss. You can find Karen's other novels on Amazon. Many are free to read with Kindle Unlimited. To keep up with the various novels and authors that we feature, you can follow My Secret Obsession on Facebook, Instagram, and X at Cherish Lively. Or visit the website at tinyurl.com slash Cherish Lively. Do you want to be part of my secret obsession? I'm looking for secrets and tattletales to read aloud on the podcast. Do you know any small town secrets? Have you had a brush with danger that rocked your world? Are supernatural activities or hauntings keeping you up at night? Write your story and send it to my secret obsession podcast at gmail.com.